welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. So, hallelujah, praise God. So love and 4Q, uh, picking up last week, you had the introduction. And uh, we've got these four questions, which I never actually gave you last week. Well, quite deliberately in the end, because we stayed within the introduction. And it's really important because uh, I think when we get to these four questions, and I will tell you what they are today, when we get to them, um, we can, uh, we've got to remember that the reason for that introduction, it was more of a foundation, if you like. The questions must be asked from that place of that God is love. Okay, everything, all scripture, everything should be interpreted in the light of the fact that God is love. Even understanding that God is Trinity comes that God is love. Since if he was one only, how could God be love? Because true love must love in community, must love with others, with love in fellowship. And of course, the Trinity are in complete love from one another. And out of that love was the desire to see reconciliation, full reconciliation with the Father. And the reason Jesus came, the reason Jesus left, because then came the Holy Spirit also sent from the Trinity. So... Let's just, uh, I'm not going to spend much time in it, but I want to go back into 1 John. 1 John's a great letter to, re- uh, to read to understand the love of God because John had such a great understanding of the love of Jesus. So we started in verse 10 last week. Let's just go back to the beginning of this little, this little thought track of John and read from 1 John 4 verse 7 uh, back to uh, the end of verse 12. As I say, I don't intend to speak on this much, But let's keep this as this is where the questions are based. Our love for God, for one another, for the wider church, and for the world. So John writes, and this is from the Truth Version, Dear friends, it is essential that we love our fellow believers and receive love from them. Notice the two-way. You cannot truly love people and not receive love. God would, I suppose God kind of loved us and we didn't know him. He loved us before we loved him. But to complete that love is for us to be restored in loving God. And it's the same in our love for God. He loves us back. But as we love God, that love of God has to be worked out in community and as we take the good news of Jesus to the world, that he is the Redeemer. He is the Savior. Yes, this love is in every person who has received the second birth, or who has been born again, if you want to put it in another way. Uh, That God alone can give. Putting this love into action demonstrates to the world that you know God in your experience. And I love the way John really expresses this. He's, He's really strong that love must cause action. It doesn't matter how much how much you say you love somebody, if if there's no desire to demonstrate, to take action, it's questionable whether there really is love. Uh, That's basically what John's saying. Uh, John then emphasizes this by saying, who does not put such love into practice does not have a personal knowledge of God, for God is love. How did he reveal his love amongst us? By sending his one and only son into the world that we might have God's eternal life through him. John wrote very similar words earlier, didn't he, in John's Gospel, John 3.16. You see, this is true love, not that we have loved God, 
but that he has demonstrated his love for us by sending his son to be the sacrifice offered on the cross to bring us back into unity with God through the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. In, in all we mess up, in all I mess up, in all the mistakes I made, I, know, I made and I made and I, pro, and I will make, I know that I can go to God for forgiveness and be completely restored. But that is true for every single one of us. It's the great glory of the gospel. We cannot fail and be kicked out. That is just not gospel. That is just not the kingdom. So, dear friends, I repeat, if this is the extent of God's love for us, that is Christ coming and our forgiveness, then surely we ought to love one another. You see, our motivation to love someone else doesn't come from what sort of person they are, but comes from the sort of person God himself is. Our love is pure. Our love is from him. That's the kind of love we want to give away. All of us personally, the love that is within us for others is completely inadequate. It's completely human. And we're talking about a divine love being allowed to flow through us here. No one has ever seen God as he is. Yet if we truly put our love for one another into action, his love is revealed and fulfilled in us and the world can see that love. And this is the amazing promise in this time. That as we love one another and love the world and the wider church and God, that love will be seen. That's the promise of Scripture. That love will be seen. You can have lots of clever arguments or maybe lots of not clever arguments. What people really want to see is a love that works, a love that's practical, a love that is in action. And that's what he's asking for right now. And that's what's on upon us. I love what John said in the welcome as he was talking about this time, not just waiting. Yeah, that John over there. As, as, uh, they're all pointing at him. Um, as a time when we could just be saying, oh, you know, can't wait till we can be church again. That was kind of some of the gist of what he was saying. And I think he's absolutely right. You realize we are in the last days of preparation for coming out of this lockdown. We are in the last days of God preparing us, equipping us, and giving us what we need for what is next. Because we can't be bound up in ourselves, can we? we? We want to be making a difference in this beautiful town, in this beautiful region. We want to be answering for what God has upon us, don't we? Otherwise, what's the point? You know, God loved me, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. I don't think there's any of us feel like that. We want to share that love with one another, with the world, with the wider church, and of course with God himself as the complete focus, because he is love. Now, that's the basic foundation of everything we're talking about. We then looked at, if you remember, the illustration of the queen. This reminder is important because we need to remember in the, why we need to have this there. So the queen was to learn to play chess well, remove the queen, which is such a powerful major piece, and suddenly you've got to learn how all the other pieces are working, how all the other pieces have a role and purpose. And sometimes because the queen is so powerful, particularly if you're an inexperienced chess player, <laughs> such as myself, we, we would rely on that really powerful piece, which is why you take it away. And the comparison was that Sunday morning has been like the queen chess piece, but we've got all these other pieces. 
uh, house church, households meeting, people going for walks with one another, the hub here, the different things that happen at the summit during the week. All these other things are pieces that are powerful but can be dominated by that Sunday morning. Now, why is this important? Because we're going to have Sunday mornings again within the next month or so. You know, they may, as I say, they won't be completely free if we go back before June the 21st in the sense of there still be guidelines and restrictions upon us. We'll be free in the spirit. Um, there's no lockdown in heaven, as it says again and again in our YouTube thing. But, but we still will be under some things until we come to whenever we get the full release. June 21st is the, the first date that's listed of no restrictions, which would mean the first Sunday being June the 27th. But we're always waiting on those things. But once we do that, one, we need to look at how we use the Queen. You know, have we, have we always just used it in the same way? And we are, because it needs to, the Queen needs to help the other pieces to shine, not just be the Queen all-powerful, all-dominant of the board. And also, it could be that as we meet on Sundays again, which is vital, it's still a queen, it's still important, as we meet on Sundays again, we could forget or neglect or push to one side just how good that night piece is, just how good the bishop is in the way the bishop can move. Okay, we can use, and we, we need to be aware of all the different pieces. The analogy breaks down a little bit because they are just pieces on a, che a chessboard, and we're not talking about pieces on a chessboard, we're talking about people. Okay, don't think it's about using different pieces, it's not that, it's just an illustration to show how we can be dominant on one tactic, on one thing. Okay, so that's where everything is. And we look, the thing I talked about was that word and worship, we kind of carried on in many, many ways. The one thing we haven't been able to do so well, although, of course, there was Hub Online before the meeting today. I hope that went well. I was here, obviously. Uh, I'm sure it did. But even, all these Zoom meetings, I prob you probably, like me, were a bit fed up with Zoom meetings like, right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a useful tool forever, onwards, I mean. But... Um, we're a bit fed up, you know. I've done a lot of walking and a lot of meeting people outdoors. I've got more fresh air than I've ever got in my life, I think. But it's, it's good. And we, but we just want to be together again, don't we? And that will come later. And before that, but we want to know and value everything that's happening. And that's really important. And that's what the four questions are about, the four Q. Okay? They're about us asking. Now, as I explore these... I'm not saying this is the answer, full stop, don't think about anything else. That's really important. These would be great questions. I mean, let's focus on them in our house church groups. Let's talk about them in our households. Let's talk about them if we do go for a walk with our friends outdoors like we're allowed to now or meeting up in a garden place. They can come up there. Maybe look at the question that we're looking at this week and just talk about that and think of other ways you could look at it that I haven't mentioned in the slightest. These are, these are far bigger than just the one aspect that I'm going to take. I, and they're just a tool to, make us, to help us discuss and talk about what's happening right now in these last days of preparation. Because one thing I know is post-lockdown, God wants the church to grow. 
God wants people to be saved. God wants people to know and experience the love of God. He wants people to live together in unity, walk together in unity, gather here together in unity, because unity demonstrates that love, that love that it talks about that people will see and we go forward. So let me just tell you what the four questions are, the four Q, and then we will look at one of them this morning, okay? So the four questions I've got, in no particular order, are where are we? That's the first one. The next one is when are we? Like I said, you can answer these in all kinds of ways, and you can draw on one answer in, in another one. Of course you can. Who are we? And we answer that one. There's so many different ways you could answer that one as well. And why are we? Okay? And I want to just explore today why are we. That's the one I'm focusing on this morning in this next little bit. But do, please, chat about it. Chat about it even in the, in the, in the, in the, in the chat here. But I'm, I'm not, um, I'm, you know, I'm not talking about just that, obviously. This is outside of that. In, a, in another Zoom call, in another group meeting, say, what else is there here? Or talk about and pick up, I hope, on what I'm sharing, because what we want from what I share here is exactly what God is saying to us as a people. Why are we? That's why the, the word we is in every single question. And interestingly, you, you, if, you, if you just ask this question in different ways, you just listen. Why are we? Your emphasis on why. Or it could be, why are we? Or even, why are we? You know, and each one, each way, each way you answer that, save three small, short words. They've only got three letters each. Oh, apart from we, that's only got two. So all we've got is eight letters. And already we've got three, three variations of question in just the way we say it. But then the way you think about it, well, why are we? It's a, a discernment and, a, and an understanding of why we are who we are, why we're doing what we're doing, why are we involved in this? Why don't we just do what the rest of the world does? I don't know, what do they do? On a, what, what, what's another good Sunday morning occupation? You know, staying in bed, playing golf, going for a drive, going out as a family, Sunday morning football. There's so many other things. So when you're talking of the gathering, why are we doing this? When you're talking of getting together on Zoom with friends to have a Bible study, why are we doing it? Why? Why are we? Good question to ask. Um, because what we're looking for is a, an underpinning of, yeah, well, this is why. I, the verse, to love one another, is a big part of the why. Why are we? Well, we are we because you can't be church unless you are together with the, fellow, the, the followers of Christ that God has called you to be with. You know, you can't be a, a lone traveler. So that's an important bit. But I want to remind us of, and I touched on it last week, this, this scripture that was, one, one, the, the, it was in the first year but became the second year of our this events, which comes from Esther. Esther chapter 4, verses 13 to 14. And we'll come to, come to what it actually says in a minute. Now, this story, we've got to go back into history way before Jesus. And Esther is, uh, let's, I don't want to go into the full details of her story. So Esther's a queen. 
And the, the law states that she cannot go to the king. In fact, if she should go to the king and speak to him unbidden, she risks just being put to death for her presumption, even though she's married to him. That was the situation. Esther is Jewish, and she's been mostly brought up by her uncle Mordecai. See, he, he is her father figure. He's another Jew that's living in, in these circles with her. And... Um, they're in a, 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 as, 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 as a as, as semi-father and daughter, they're in a real dilemma. But the Jewish people are in a real dilemma because through trickery and everything else, a guy called Haman has uh, enabled the king to pass an edict which is going to have all the Jewish people killed. All right? Uh, and as Mordecai, uh, some people come... Uh, to Mordecai, and he says, well, I want you to go to Esther, and this is what I want you to say. Let's have a look at what he says, because the words are so relevant to us in this time. The, the church, if you like, is genuinely under threat. It is, in, in under existence. I'm not talking just our local church. Of course it is, because there's massive change coming yet again, and how do people cope with change? We know. So we need to be preparing ourselves because in that change, we can see the fruit of Jesus. We can see the love of God, okay? So this is what Mordecai says. Then Mordecai told them, these are these people come from Esther, to reply to Esther, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. He's saying, yes, you're married to the king, but remember, this is going to affect you too because you're Jewish. Sometimes as Christians, we can have all kinds of reasons for thinking we'll be fine because we're, I'm part of a good church or, I, I don't know, I watch great stuff on YouTube or all sorts of other reasons, and we can imagine, oh, we'll be okay. And Mordecai says, as a reminder here, it, what's going on in the world affects you too. What is happening to the church affects you too. And the question is, why are we in sense of why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I involved with this? Or why am I not involved with this? Where am I going? Where is my heart? What am I dedicated to? Who am I dedicated to? I know the answer is Jesus, but if you can't be solely Jesus. You've got to be relating to his body as well as part of this question. Okay? So, for if you remain silent at this time, Silent in the sense she just goes quiet and doesn't say anything. She doesn't get involved. She just lets the things pan out and see what happens. Mordecai is saying this, well, we'll see that exactly, won't we? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from another place. Oh, well, that's interesting. So why did Esther need to do anything? If it's going to arise from another place, Mordecai knows that God has a plan for the Jewish people, so he knows they're not going to be wiped out. Okay? This is an excuse to do nothing, if you want an excuse, I suppose. And who knows? He's quite vague in a way, but it's obviously the way he knows Esther. He knows the way to talk to her. He knows how she will listen to him. And so it's a pattern of the way he's talking, isn't it? And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. 
Now, this is the scripture that you do see on T-shirts. You do see it on mugs. You do see it on fridge doors. And usually it will have something like called for such a time as this, chosen for such a time as this, which is true because we have been called and we are royalty in Christ. We are, we are a kingdom of priests. We are royalty. Who knows, church? Who knows? We've been called for such a time as this. I mean, wrapped up in Mordecai's, the way he's saying, he's saying, you, Esther, have been called for such a time as this. But of course, she's the queen now. She's not just his daughter. And so he has to phrase it in a way that you might address royalty as well. But maybe God says to us, who knows, Josie, you have been called for such a time as this. Who knows, Hannah? Oh, that's one, one, one marriage. That's really putting the pressure on. Who knows, Hannah? You have been called for such a time as this. Amen? We saw earlier, praying for John, praying for Stacy, praying for Luke, called for such a time as this. Why are we living our lives the way we are living? It's a question John and Stacy have asked. And they know the answer to that question is we've got to make a change here because of what God is doing. It doesn't mean, oh, we give up on God. It, doesn't, and it certainly doesn't mean they remain even more dedicated to the, the vision and the mission of God that we have together. But they're just saying, why? Well, the answer is for such a time as this. And this last days of preparation is for what is just about to come, for such a time as this. The world is going to have a completely different attitude to things as we break out of being in our homes so much, of not being able to go out, of being limited in the way we're going out, of always having to wear masks in different places. It's time to break out from that. The church truly is called for such a time as this. This is what is upon us right now. And even though we might put this on fridge doors and things like that, uh, it's good to remember that the, the context of it, when we put it on our fridge door to feel good, is that Mordecai was actually rebuking Esther. He's saying, you're not going to be safe in your palace. This is not a time for not doing anything. This is not a time just for watching things to pan out. This is not a time for just letting things go. This is not a time for whatever you want to put in there. This is a time to be right with God. This is a time to be right with him in every way we possibly can working towards that. Sometimes things take time. Sometimes, thing, sometimes things have to be worked through in different ways. But we move together saying, well, why am I doing this? Because I've been called for such a time as this. Why am, why am I part of Kingdom Faith Yorkshire? Lovely people. Why am I part of Kingdom Faith Yorkshire? Because God has called me for such a time as this. And this is where I'm called to work that out. This is where he's placed me through the, the joys and loves and comforts and happiness and through the difficult times and the fallings out and the struggles as well. It's not just, you know, all glory and all happiness all the time. We know that. Why? Because we're people. That's what people are. So he's rebuking Esther. And uh, one author wrote of this situation. Uh, he was rebuking her self-indulgence, her self-preservation, and a narcissistic mindset. I must admit, I don't think I've ever read anything like that about Esther before. It was kind of like, oh, wow, you're laying it on thick there, sir. Uh, but as you think about it, that was what Mordecai, he knew her. He knew her really well. He brought her up from being a little girl. And he's saying, you, you've just got lost being queen. Another queen. 
Very different to the chess piece. Don't get confused. You've just got lost being a queen, Esther. It's a lot more than pillows and privilege and wealth. Because that's what she was choosing at this moment in time. She was, she'd forgotten that her place, her position, the community that she was part of, that drifted to one side. And she was choosing wealth. She was choosing privilege. She was choosing royalty. She was choosing a position. She was choosing her comfort and the health of having so much money and being able to be looked after. She was choosing that over God's kingdom, over seeking first the righteousness of God. And it was risking the lives of all her fellow Jewish people in that sense, called for such a time as this. But, and this is why we have this story in the Bible, because it's one of those unusual books where God doesn't get mentioned. Indeed, it was big debate over should it even be in there. But she decides, yes, I am called. It is for such a time as this. And she was to risk her life and her whole legacy, her whole position, everything she had, she risked by going to the king. Remember, that king, although he was her husband, was a powerful man. He wasn't Jewish. And to approach the king could easily be seen in that culture to be disrespecting him, not showing him honor, uh, treating him not like the almost godlike being that the king was supposed to be seen at. And that's why the law allowed the king to kill anybody that came to him in a way that he thought was inappropriate, such as coming without being requested to. But she went and she spoke. She put her neck out. And she interceded, if you like, and told him what was going on and told him about the problem. She responded and the people were saved. Why are we? Because we are to respond and the people will be saved. It's for such a time as this. Let's, let's get that in our core. I'm not here by accident. I don't live in Scarborough by accident. I've not been part of kingdom faith by accident. Times and things change. There's a direction, there's a new begin in the beginning, the begin family. Things do change, but it's always with that purpose and direction for what God has. And what do we see that that is? It's love shared with one another. Yet if we truly put our love for one another into action, his love is revealed and fulfilled in us, and the world can see that love. It's about that group of people just saying, we love Jesus. And we want to see Jesus' name known. Esther responded, and the people were saved. I pray by the grace of God that we will respond for such a time as this, that the people will be saved. Why are we? Because it's for such a time as this. Amen? I'd like to pray to finish. And... Uh, if you'd like, it would be great if you join in with that. Um, you might want to stand. You might want to kneel. Probably not just sit where you are. Make some physical response that you want to answer the call for such a time as this. Okay? Don't just carry on sitting wherever you're sitting, but either kneel or stand right now as a sight. Basically, you're saying, God, I'm responding 
to this time. I want to be part of this. I want to be part of what you are doing right now in Scarborough or in Hummonby or in Firely or in any one of the towns and villages around in this borough of Scarborough, in this region of Yorkshire, Father, you have called me for such a time as this. I have been chosen for such a time as this. I am royalty for such a time as this. So I'm going I'm to pray a prayer, and if you agree with what I'm praying, I invite you to respond. I'll, I'll go through it slowly so that you can say it as well, and then we'll just have a little bit of time afterwards, because obviously it's a lot more than just following a prayer and saying words. This is something to be thinking about and questioning God and praying through this week. How am I living out in such a time as this? How am I living out the love of God in such a time as this? How am I demonstrating that Jesus Christ is Lord in such a time as this? Why are we bothering with all this? Why are we doing this? Why are we at this time for such a time as this? All right, let's pray together then. And I'll give you time to repeat it, okay? I'll say it twice because it's kind of odd here, obviously, with just so few of us. So I'll say it twice so that you can say it with me in the second one, but so that you know what's coming. Lord, here is my mind. Lord, here is my mind, my heart, my heart, my strength, my strength. Thank you that I am chosen for such a time as this. Thank you that I am chosen for such a time as this. Lord, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Lord, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. Guide me and direct me, Lord, in your purpose. Guide and direct me, Lord, in your purpose. Thank you that you have given me courage and faith. Thank you that you have given me courage and faith to live for such a time as this. To live for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's just finish with uh, a final scripture. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 16. Can't remember the verse off the top of my head. It's taking me a long time to find this, isn't it? Considering this is just the good, the, the, the New Testament here. This is the truth version. It's just after what must have been one of the most devastating times uh, in Peter's life up to that point, um, where Peter tries to tell Jesus what to do. 
And uh, Jesus turns to him and says, get out of my way, Satan. Oh, can you imagine what that was like? But then Jesus turns to all the disciples because he knows that's what, it's in our hearts for all of us, really, to try and tell God what's right and what's wrong, uh, which is what Peter had just done. And he says, well, this is what it means. And let's put this in the context of why are we and such a time as this. Jesus turned to all the disciples. If anyone makes the decision to be my disciple, my follower, they will have to deny what they want for themselves. Such a time as this. They must be prepared to suffer willingly any cross of sacrifice asked of them. Then they can follow me. For whoever is intent only on their own welfare will lose their life eternally. But whoever is prepared to lose their life for me will find eternal life. This is the same call that Mordecai gave to Esther. Choose your own way or choose God's way. This is why perhaps at the end of the worship, I was praying, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, because I read this and answer this for myself. I know how I can choose things for me, for sure, and not for the cross. I mean, another translation would say, will take up their cross daily and follow me. Well, to take up the cross wasn't to just deny something, the cross to these people meant death. It was the Roman form of execution. It was a very strong picture that Jesus was presenting of saying, Look, if you want to follow me in, in true reality, if you believe for such a time as this, then be prepared to take up your cross daily and follow me. It's not to take up a miserable face and begrudgingly follow. It, it, it's actually a beautiful thing. It's saying, put me first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. It's thread through all scripture. It's where Adam and Eve went wrong. They decided they knew better than God. And I'm not trying to say this to say to anybody in particular, you think you know better than God. I'm not doing that at all. Honestly, I'm not doing that at all. I'm sharing with you what God is saying to me about making him first. And then I'm saying to you, as Mordecai said to Esther, and what if you were called for such a time as this? What if you came to royalty for such a time as this? And that answer's with you. And whatever answer you give is with you, and it's with you and God. It's not for me to say you did it wrong or did it right or anything, and I'm not going to. I just, I'm just sharing God's word for this time. Remember first, it's love. And that's really important because this is a hard question. Remember, when Jesus asked that question, it was from love because he wanted the best. And he asked us of it today for exactly the same reason. He wants the best. We just prayed that prayer because we want the best in Christ. Listen. I pray you're blessed by Scripture. I pray you're blessed by this Word. I pray you take hold of everything that God's saying to you now. Remember, everything that's from God is to enable us to live in the blessing and the glory and the goodness of the Lord while we're here in the land of the living that we could spend eternity for Him. 
But it is that we're called for such a time as this because Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back soon. Be blessed, everybody. Have an absolutely fabulous rest of the day. Don't let this be a pressure on you. Just let God take you to that place of peace and love in him. Why are we? God bless you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.